Hi, I'm John Kennedy, editor of Think Business, and welcome to the inaugural Think Business podcast. This is new ground for Think Business, and it's new ground for me, so we'll be learning as we go and experimenting with various formats, from interviews to live events, so stay tuned. Today I'm talking with Roseanne Longmore, CEO of Irish medtech startup Coroflow, which plans to launch its groundbreaking breastfeeding device in late 2020. Coroflow recently raised 1 million euros in funding as well as a 2.2 million euro accelerator grant from the European Commission under its Horizon 2020 program, bringing total investment in the company to 4 million. We caught up with Roseanne at Bank of Ireland's Bagot Plaza offices in Dublin to find out more. So Roseanne, I suppose first of all, let's start about the funding news. Coroflow uh, recently raised 1 million uh, dollars, euros, uh, euros, euros yeah. in funding. Can you tell me where the funding came from? So that was from our private investors. So our existing investors from our seed round and we added in a couple of new new people came in on that. Very good. And you've also gotten Horizon funding, is that correct? Yes. So we were awarded the Horizon 2020 grant of 2.1 million in June. And so our project kicks off now next month. So let's whoosh back to the time, yes. to the beginning of Coroflow and, and how it all began. Okay, so um, my co-founders are Jamie and Helen, mm. and their first baby um, was incredibly small, but he was full term, but really tiny, 2.2 kilos. So obviously breastfeeding is of paramount importance, particularly with the small babies or premature babies. So um, Helen, is, um, who's our co-founder, she's a chief research officer and a medical doctor, and um, she was going through the pain of the current method. So currently there is no way to know how much milk a baby is getting. Uh, the standard, which is no longer recommended, is weighing um, post, pre and post feed weights. So a public health nurse was coming out and weighing her baby, they'd feed the baby and then weigh the baby, but it's highly inaccurate. And um, she was looking for a product that could tell her exactly how much milk her baby was getting. So they looked uh, to the market and nothing, has, nothing exists. And, uh, you know, uh, then her husband, Jamie, our CTO, uh, is an electronics engineer with over 20 years experience. And he was working in a different industry in microflow sensing. And he has six international patents, seven international patents to his name in this field. So he looked to the prior art in the IP world and the silicone nipple shield um, was really the optimum solution. Um, because shields are they're accessible, the tolerability is very high. Women use them already for skin indication, for indications such as skin issues or for uh, premature babies to assist with latch. So he, um, they spent two years, uh, Helen, working on the academic medical research and the marketing market size, and uh, Jamie on the technology. When the patent was filed and accepted into the UK examiner's office in. April 2017, uh, that's when we quit our jobs, uh, James and myself. Wow, what so, were you, where were you working at the time? I was in Davies, so I'm James's, I'm Jamie's cousin, and I was always like fascinated with startups, really wanted to... But that's a, but that's a very much, uh, you know, a very strong leap of fate. I mean, to yeah. quit, quit a very, obviously Davies being a well-known stockbroking firm, yeah. you know, to quit a well-paying job, I imagine, and, and all those things, to leave the cozy confines of the corporate world and then jump into the startup world. Yeah, look, it was, we, um, well, look, I was very lucky in that. I always felt like, if what's the worst that can happen? I can always go back, you know, to what I used to do. But like that, I had always wanted to build something. And like Jamie and Helen are the smartest people I know. So I thought if I'm ever going to do it, 
these are the people to do it with. Um, so yeah, we um, I came in on kind of the fundraising finance um, CEO side and then Jamie's the, obviously the CTO and Helen then is on the academic medical research. So the, our initial funding round, we raised 900,000 in our first five months in our seed and you know really the basis of that from private investors was the strength of the background of the team as in the, our, our varying backgrounds. So um, they liked the fact that there was the medicine, the engineering and the finance element and that I think really proved in our favour when we, ra- we were raising that seed round. Because that's the interesting thing. Uh, I, You guys first burst onto the scene in my mind about two years ago, yeah. if I'm correct. Uh, you won the Irish leg of the Virgin Media Boom competition. Yes. And, uh, ever since I've been watching you guys with interest. How How is the first two years measured up in your mind? And, you know, obviously you're still fundraising. Uh, you just showed me there the product. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful product. Um, but getting it to market, how, how has startup life met your expectations from, as I said, you wanted, always wanted to do it, now you're doing it? Yeah, look, I we love it. Like you know, we regularly say to each other, we we haven't, you know, we haven't looked back. Well, certainly I haven't, and I think uh, my co-founders feel the same. And um, so, really, well, that seed funding was to bring the the initial prototype to a finished product, and essentially we have done that. And this this uh, this next raise will be to commercialize the product. So I think um, the main lessons we've learned is that you know hardware is hard; it's mm. expensive. And our investors understand that. Um, I mean, the business model is straightforward and the problem is most people understand mm. the problem very easily. It's a critically felt problem globally. Mm. And mo- most people we speak to, they'll have some, um, they'll have had some touch point with breastfeeding, be it their wife, their daughter, you know, the mm. woman themselves as investors. But they'd be aware of the problems because no doubt the person will be saying is this is, this yeah. is the issues I'm having or these are issues I'm Yeah, having. and if they go out and speak to, to mothers, you know, they're like, yes, this is a problem. And it's a very well-known one. So in terms of raise, you know, having people understand what we're doing that we have a very straightforward uh, proposition and but certainly yeah the time uh, to develop a product in terms of uh, materials manufacturing contract manufacturers you know the testing everything takes a long time Mm. and when we started on this journey um, people told us everything's going to take three times longer than you think and it's going to be three times more expensive and that has certainly been the case for us I certainly would have heard that from people like Liam Casey from PCH Mm. and Mm -hmm. you know he says here one of the things he's, he's fond of saying is geography is history uh, talking about the global market but one thing he does say is that retail and hardware are particularly hard yeah. in terms of getting this to market mm-hmm. uh, what's your strategy looking like uh, from point of view of obviously it's designed in Ireland made in Ireland finally assemblies in Ireland but getting it to the world because you know Babies are happening all over the world, though. Yes, and this is uh, our biggest markets would obviously be Europe, the US, and China. So that would be our five-year plan. So initially, we're going to launch uh, under the Horizon 2020 grant. We have a clinical trial starting um, next month in one of Dublin's leading maternity hospitals with a, a leading university research partner. Um, and the feedback from initially, we want to get that extra. We want mm-hmm. more mothers using it, and that would be uh, you know quite a large test group. We then launch late next year into the Irish market 
and um, again with the hardware software like this best practice is you go slow to go fast so mm. you don't you know saturate a massive market you know with your very first uh, production live batch and, and will this be something like uh, when you go to market uh, is it going to be like an off shelf product like say can I get this for a friend who's having oh, a baby absolutely. or is it a case where yeah, it be yeah. prescribed or anything or? yeah so we'll be selling through McCabe's Macaulay's next year and we have our um, we have our orders in with them and then we go to the UK following that in six months and that'll be our very first significant market because the numbers are so much uh, larger over there and then at six monthly intervals it's Germany, France, Italy and Spain and once we've once we're you know two years in three years in that's when the very very uh, the commercialization plans for US and China come into play so the you know the initial few markets are stepped they're staged and that's the best practice you know for this type of product mm. um, and then yeah then it's um, into the global market so on the back of distributors so this product will be sold in pharmacies it could be sold on uh, in baby specialist stores mm-hmm. uh, depending on the market because pharmacy retail is slightly different in different jurisdictions what does the product path look like from the point of view of <clears throat> uh, yes it tells you certain information about how much milk you have etc um, how do you see it evolving in terms of capability uh, in, in like the roadmap because I mean yes the salt one set problems now mm-hmm. but we're looking down the road and obviously it integrates with smartphones and, and you can look at all the analytics and you mm-hmm. know but in terms of where you think it can go without obviously giving too much information away mm-hmm. and informing competitors but in terms of like the diagnostic information the kind of capabilities the, the things you can do with the hardware where, where do you see that going? Yeah I mean it's a great question it's actually the exact question Richard Branson asked you know what is the next version of this uh, so um, you know, um, as technology gets smaller, what we can fit into the one millimeter of silicon, you know, mm. it was probably opening up to us. So we absolutely do have um, ideas about what we want. Uh, we've actually um, we were speaking with Tyndall National Research Institute down in Cork, and mm. they have a few uh, complementary technologies that they think um, would would work great if it could fit, and something like that would be calorific. Um, calorific uh, intake you know um, nutrients Mm -hmm. uh, you know that would be um, identified when we speak to mothers it's things like you know can it tell me how much caffeine is in my breast milk if Mm -hmm. I'm drinking too much coffee so there's definitely something there down the line as the technology gets smaller we'll be looking at absolutely you know for one we'll get the volume nailed but then after that yeah we we have a few we're definitely thinking of that already and in terms of the uh, I suppose two years in life in the startup world mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier the cozy confines of corporate life I mean a, a, a job is a job no matter what you do yeah. where you do it but how do you see uh, your vision of what startup life was meant to be playing out and that's what are the biggest lessons you've learned um, for startup life um, yeah look um I think it really is, it comes down to the time it takes. So every, people say, look, you're always in the paper, it's so successful, like you seem to be hitting, you know, but there are months and months are going by where we're, you know, you're working in the background Mm -hmm. and the slog. you know, you'd think everyone's doing better than, you know, better than you and you're in the papers you the paper and you're, you, you kind of start reading through the through the lines sometimes with a lot of the media and um, startup world. Like for me, it's just um, people's time. Like it's so exciting and there's so many different events and functions. And for example, the best one we went, to, we won the ESB Spark of Genius in Web Summit um, in our first year. I think I was there. It was in this yeah. one. Yeah, in yeah. Lisbon yeah. in 2017. Yeah. 
And like that was great because it was a startup challenge. That was us perfect at the time. Every year we've looked, is there any benefit to us going now? Mm. Like the next competition that we could possibly enter at Web Summit is when you've commercialized into the market. So there's really no value in us attending until mm. Cora was out in the market and then I can go and pitch and I want to win that. But you really have to be so disciplined with what value you can get from these different events and these conferences, women in tech, there's tech awards, like, you know, there's a lot of distraction, a lot of distraction. That's probably, yeah, sorry, you're saying it better than me. You just, it's keeping the discipline and the focus and, Mm. um, you know, really, um, yeah, just getting back down to the work because, you know, it is very dizzying, all of that. Well, uh, yeah, because there is that kind of like... uh Let's say spark genes is a very good metaphor you've turned on the light and all the moths flame to it and you know and it's all very exciting and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's great but no one when people see all the glamour they don't see the actual hours spent alone and i always say to people to start up life is quite a lonely life in mm-hmm. a lot of ways it's you know and it's kind of how do you get yourself to stay patient mm-hmm. when all that other stuff has died down and you're saying oh i miss the cameras i miss the lights but yeah. at the same time you still have to knuckle down build yeah. a product and, and get it to market and absolutely and sweating like grant applications and you know enterprise ireland like you there's a lot of due diligence mm-hmm. and there's a lot of um i wouldn't say tedium but there's it's you know applying for these um uh, grants is time consuming it's hard work it's grant application pages and pages and to sit down and like that's what our investors like about us i think is that they know all the time that for every euro they gave us we're applying somewhere else for other funding leveraging it leveraging it as best we can and um but that really takes time and it can be it can be as you know um you know administrative heavy it can be you know as sitting in a financial services job sometimes mm. it's not all like uh, excitement no, not, not all lights and camera yeah yeah uh, and i suppose that a final question is like uh, your reflections on the startup world uh, in ireland and you know is there things ireland can be doing better is there things that should be there that aren't or do you think you know it's really down to everyone who's doing the, doing the startup to, to really make the most of what's there Look, I think it's really vibrant ecosystem, but like we start in Dogpatch now, right, in the two technology university, Dublin, the new campus in Grange Gorman. We've an mm. amazing office and lab. We're kind of um, funded by Enterprise Ireland partially to be out in their technology centre. Like the landscape is, there is so many supports out there. Like we mm. started with Leo with a feasibility grant for our first prototype. We went on to HPSU with Enterprise Ireland. Um, sometimes I found that it took me a while to get that roadmap. You want to navigating it, navigating it because yeah. there's actually so much out there, and you want to see which is the best for you. <clears throat> um, I think maybe the funding in Ireland, um, with the private investors, the groups, um. I'm not sure uh, the terms like compared to the US and the UK mm. where we where we sit there, um, but yeah, ultimately I think um, as far as kind of public supports and the innovation is here and the people are here mm. to do it, I do think um, funding is probably the finance and funding piece could be better. Yeah, better or clearer mm. or uh, it's very disjointed. There's a lot of individual angel groups and yeah. you can it takes a long time to go and present them all and um you know and to figure out you know what's their what's their own strategy what they're looking for Mm. how they fund what are their terms Mm. so it's a little bit of a you have to do a lot of digging 
and I think you have to um, look for me with my background in finance it was a ble- like it was a really it was a strength that yeah. um, you knew to navigate it exactly but I sometimes feel like you know in the startup world there's a lot of young adults and you know sometimes that experience it really does stand to you um, you know I don't know how they do it they think they're amazing yeah. and um but yeah, I would always be watch them around. I'd always tell them, be careful, you know. Mm. <laughs> but I suppose, if I, I, I said that was my last question. Another question that just came into my head there is, final. this is the final question, but the final question is, um, do you find being in Ireland a disadvantage being like, I mean, obviously you target mass markets with your harder yeah. product. Uh, do you find geographically that you're removed from where you'd like to be or do you find that it actually gives you a chance to kind of maybe I suppose test one market and build up for the next? Oh, absolutely, Ireland is the perfect place for us. We're an Irish company, but in terms of um you know accessing europe it's perfect in terms of the supports here i know when i went to brussels uh the you know the european commission i know they rate enterprise ireland as one of the best mm. national agencies in europe they're you know they're just so professional and uh, the money is well spent and you know it's carefully spent on companies so i think we have we have huge supports here i think and they're far more accessible than massive countries like the uk and then in terms of financing you know ireland Ireland is small and Irish people are generous like if I would contact somebody on LinkedIn or say John do you know this guy will you have a coffee with me you know that's how I started was six months talking 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 to everyone who'd gone before us and said how did you do this what mistakes did you make what would you say to this and as well getting in front of investors like Ireland is that small you know somebody who knows that person and Irish people are incredibly generous so you know for us being here has never at all been I think a disadvantage Rosanne, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.